What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Morenita, a deep dive into the Latinx experience. With Morenita, we want to create a community and a shared space with you while sharing knowledge and inspiration. This show is about celebrating our culture with guests who exemplify the best of us. I'm Darylin Castillo, y te invito. Hola, mi gente. As we begin Black History Month, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on my heroes who have meant so much to me. Heroes such as Maya Angelou with her powerful poetic words, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and so many more. I also wanted to highlight that we have some special shows this month celebrating and exploring themes in the Afro-Latino community. We want Morenita to be a space to celebrate this beautiful skin of ours, and not just this month, but all year round. Today, I had the pleasure of talking to Luis Mora. Luis is a gifted Colombian performer who is currently serving as a program coordinator with Broadway for Arts Education. Luis is also the founder of Bilingual Broadway, and he came on today to tell me why he's left his dreams of becoming the next reggaeton star to teach the next generation. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Luis Mora. Hello and welcome to Morenita. <laughs> Hi, mi amor. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so good. I am like, I'm, as I was saying, I'm enjoying this hot toddy on this lovely cold December early evening. Luis, I could not wait to get you on here because uh, we've been friends for quite some time. Yes. <laughs> I love talking to you because talking to you, there's always a couple of guarantees. Um, there's a guarantee that I will have a good time. There's a guarantee that we're going to talk a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a guarantee that I will probably say something that will piss someone off. <laughs> that's okay, because that's what we, here in Morenita, we talk about the truth. <laughs> that's all we want here is facts, is being 100. So um, I'm excited. Let's let the people get to know you. Who are you? Sure. So my name is Luis E. Mora. I'm Colombian. I'm queer. Um, I live in New York. I wear a lot of hats. I'm a performer, actor, singer, dancer. Um, I'm also an educator. I've, I've been an educator for over a decade now. Um, I currently serve as a program coordinator for Broadway for Arts Education. So I oversee um, arts classes in all sorts of different disciplines. 
Um, and I'm also a producer of my own podcast Ew. called I, called I Future Maker, which is a podcast for kids to learn about careers. I love that. Um, it's super super fun, and um, we're we're putting it out soon. We have the pilot done, and we're putting out the rest of the season soon. Um, and I also have a new media company called Bilingual Broadway, and the goal of Bilingual Broadway is to bridge the gap between the Broadway community and the Spanish-speaking community in the U.S. and beyond. So I just want to talk about like your journey and like how you've become this multi, you know, this all the things. So where where were you from? Where are you from originally? Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in Barranquilla, Colombia, which is the hometown to Shakira. Yes. So, you know, we have a little something to, you know, um, the bar is high. The, the bar, bar is high. Is high. high stakes. High stakes. Yes. Um, <laughs> amazing. And when did you like when did you come? When did you come over here? Um, my family and I moved here in the year 2000 um, when I was about 10 years old. Okay. Um, we moved to Miami originally. Um, and yeah, ever since I, I lived there till I moved to Tallahassee. Um, after high school to go to Florida State University, where I studied theater. Um, and then shortly after, I moved to New York. And I've been here in New York since 2013. How did the theater bug catch you? I, I love asking that question to all the actors. I'm like, how did this start for you? Honestly, the theater bug caught me by complete mistake. So something that actually, I don't know if you know, but I wanted to be, and actually I still kind of do, I wanted to be a reggaeton superstar. Oh my God, Back in the day. Mama, when I was 15, 16, that was my gig. I, you could not tell me I was not Daddy Yankee in the flesh. I still have the demos and stuff. I was rapping, I was singing. And at the time there was a little bit of interest amongst like some managers and stuff to like pick me up and you know, some of, them, some of them were like, oh, you know, get into some voice lessons. like get the singing a little bit better because I, I cannot honestly say that I grew up being a good singer. Like, I, I don't think I was. I think I had like maybe a little bit of an ear, but like it, it was just not there as other people who like are young and super talented. I cannot say that that was the case for me. Um, so then that's when I got into like some voice lessons and through voice lessons, I think it's when I started to sing like a little bit of musical theater. And um, then I became involved with the theater like group um, in my high school and the choir group. And I think that's when like my um, my sort of desire for performance shifted from reggaeton superstar <laughs> to Broadway star to Broadway star. Yes. Yes. I love that journey for you. I know. Both both dreams can still happen. Listen. That's right. That's what that's what I'm saying. I'm not giving that up. Um, I I would have been Maluma, I'm telling you. So um New York City, Florida State to New York. What was that moment for you? You were like, we're going to New York, we're doing the thing. Vamos para allá. Uh, so actually, right before coming to New York, I I did do a little stint of like one year back in Miami, back at home, um, because my original plan was to bring, you know, the Broadway, like culture and like Broadway shows to Miami. That was mm. like my original sort of like dream post, um, post college. And I quickly realized that that was not going to be the case. Um, 
things in, in Miami have changed a little bit since I've been there. This was 2011. Um, but I feel like back in 2011, the art scene was just kind of like really lackluster. There, there were really no... There wasn't an excitement to see like artsy shows or musicals or theater. Things have changed now. There's a lot more of an art scene. There's Wynwood, which is like, yeah. you know, um, things have really evolved since. But at the time, um, that wasn't the case. So that's when I came to New York and I was like, well, let me try my luck as like as a performer here. And let me just do it here. I was already teaching in Miami. And I was like, I can make more money teaching in New York anyways. And then you came to New York. Tell me about that. Was there a culture shock? Was there a what is popping? Wait, what's going on? Um, I don't know if there was like a huge culture shock because I, I visited New York often, um, especially through like college and stuff. I feel like I, I came here a couple of times and, you know, I used to come with my best friend, Robert, who's still my best friend today. Um, we used to come and like hang out and go see Broadway shows and you know, go to a couple parties. So like we knew people and stuff. So it wasn't like a huge culture shock. Um, but I did quickly realize that it was going to be a lot harder than I thought. Like, I remember thinking when I was at, like finishing college, I was like, oh my God, by the time I'm like 30, like I'm gonna already have like Broadway shows under my belt. Like what? Like no brainer. Like to me, it wasn't even like a question. It was like a no-brainer that that was going to happen for me before I was 30. Um, and long behold, now I'm 32 and it still hasn't happened for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that was like the biggest, the biggest culture shock was, oh my God, everybody here is so talented. Competition is so fierce. And also like racism is really, really alive. And <laughs> I think that that like definitely... Um, Took me aback a little bit within casting, especially. Yeah. Let's talk about some of that, um, what that racism was mm. for you. Um, let's just get right into it. Coming here, coming to New York, you're fresh, you're doing the mm -hmm. thing, you're meeting all these amazing, talented other people and, and, you know, you're creating your community, right? So mm -hmm. tell me about your journey in the industry now. Well, I feel like, and Mind you, I came to New York in a post in the Heights era. So like ah, it was it okay. was the era it was the era of like things have changed because this one show is going to provide all these opportunities. <laughs> um so I yeah, I I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to talk about because I know I'm talented, right? Like, I can say with confidence, like, I am a good actor, I'm a good singer, I'm a good enough um, dancer to to get some jobs. Like, I see my, my set of skills on a completely, like, logistical level being on par with my colleagues, but it, it's very hard, still to this day, it's very hard to see that, um, you know, other people with sort with the same training that I had or the same, like, sort of skill sets that I had um, getting, getting so much further in their careers mm. than I was. And I think that that really messed with my head for a while. Um, and I, you know, it took me a while to realize like, oh, this is, this is your own journey. And like your own journey is going to look different all the while still acknowledging that like some of that was purely 
due to racism. Yeah, we're not white passing. White passing. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, it's not even about being white. It's about no, being white passing, and that, that's something something that we really need to discuss. Let's discuss it's a it. Huge difference. Let's talk about it. What's let's the difference? It. What's the difference? Um, I obviously, so the listeners can kind of get a good grasp. Yeah, I think that when you're a performer um, who is going out for commercial theater, you're obviously going to benefit in this industry if you are. Uh, pal- if you are a palatable person of color, mm. and for a lot of um, you know people in power, casting directors, etc., that means being a white pass- passing person. So you know, in in my cases, it was a lot of like I saw a lot of boys who were you know lighter skinned, who like have absolutely no accent whatsoever, and who have like no sort of like trace of being. Mm-hmm. Um, Latino, or or who at least can like mask it or hide it for the purpose of um, of playing a role or whatever it might be. I found that you know they probably had an easier time um, building their resumes, and and it just kind of that's just kind of the way things were, and I think I honestly think the way things are. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, I just think it was it, it's easier to put like lighter skinned pe- people um, in these roles, and that's not okay. Yeah, and you know, I, it's it's the reason it's the reason why we have like a history of casting like really light skinned like West Side Stories, or even in the Heights, and every you know the the entire conversation that happened around that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Um, it it's hard because it's it it allows lighter skinned people to also like build their resume and become like become like better known names so that when when these like huge opportunities happen where like they should be available to everyone they're only really available to those like select um elite few This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Just to expand on that, and I find this so interesting because then I'll get called in for something, right? But it's, I'm the token, right? Right. Then it's like, oh, I'm the only Afro-Latina in here. And that's insane because I know about 10, 15 other Afro-Latinos that should be in this room because of, and maybe this is also something that we can shine some light on as well, but I've felt like, you know, most of my roles have been very... African-American, right? Because Mm -hmm. the Latino community doesn't see me as Latina because of my skin color, because of my Mm -hmm. kinkier hair. Um, So I don't get called in for In the Heights. I don't get called in for West Side Story. I don't get called in for these shows. But however, I'll get called in for Color Purple, right? Or Mm. I'll get called in. And I mean, I'm at a place in my career where I'm just like, that no longer... (laughs) <laughs> it no longer serves me. It doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And also, and I know that we're in a tricky place in the business where we're not really seeing much, but there are some things that I've just had to tell my manager, like, Hey, I'm not comfortable trying to speak in a West African accent this entire show. I just don't have a connection mm. with the material. And you know, they're like, Oh, completely understand that. Like it doesn't feel natural. I'm like, well, I'm not West African. Like, <laughs> right. So let's, I think what you're getting at is also like, let's get into the nuance of things. Right. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't fault anyone who, you know, was or is in your position for, for taking on those African-American roles, because I mean, that was, that was also survival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, also, I mean, you know, I'm, and it's, I am black. It's the only thing that was available. <laughs> right. I'm right, like, exactly. I'm black. So like, let's get that, let's get that you know. straight and get that out. I am black, everyone. Um, I am a black Latina. I'm a black Dominican right. woman, like period, you know? So I've never, I never felt that way until recently. I've had to look at it in a different light though, you know, cause like there are some mm-hmm. roles you know, there are some roles that I just don't have any business playing. Do you know well, what I'm saying? It's like, it's like when, um, when Zoe Zaldana played Nina, th- there's just no business. Like there are just things where like, we just need to be specific. Exactly. Um, it's, it's the same way I feel about oh, trigger warning. Here I go. Here I go. I'm, I'm going to say something controversial, but okay. brave. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with like West Side Story. Like, I think that casting a Latinx person in West Side Story is not like enough. I think that they should very specifically be Puerto Rican. Um, I mean, you're for, telling a Puerto Rican particular, yeah. you know, for that particular role. And I also feel like they should very specifically also be bilingual mm. and they need to be immigrants. Mm. Because I think that even if you are um, a Latino person um, playing these roles, but you're putting on this like super thick accent because you heard Rita Moreno do it all those years ago. Um, then I also think that there's a there's a semblance of problematic about that. I don't think that that's okay either, mm. honestly. And how do we... Be, like, to be real. Yeah, but, but how do we also, like, keep the integrity of, 
you know, because just being specific about this one show. And I do understand, like, I completely mm-hmm. hear you where you're coming from, especially because West Side Story is actually a, a historical story. It's history. Right. In Manhattan, it's real. There's like, a context. There's context. Right? There's a historical context. Yeah. So to honor the historical context, I completely hear where you're coming from. But how do you feel about people that are like, well, you know what? Like, that's the best dancer for the role. And that's a huge dance role or that's the best singer for the Mm -hmm. role and that's a huge how do you like combat those thoughts when people say that yeah i honestly like i hear that a lot and and my response to that is you know best is first of all like subjective um but also best from which batch Mm -hmm. because if you are saying you (laughs) the way you just rolled your eyes (laughs) That no, because I understand where you're coming <laughs> no, 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 from. You're I, saying what yes. what pool of best are we actually looking at, and exactly. and who defines best? And best being subjective, just as art is subjective. Yes. Um, but also, I mean, if I can like elaborate on this for a second, like let's take West Side Story because I think it's a perfect example. You're looking at a show that should have like we know at least half of the cast be like this very specific. Um, not just Latino, but like type of Latino, specifically Puerto Rican, specifically like um, immigrants, um, specifically bilingual, right? Let's say that your best attempt, if you're a theater in, let's say, Ohio, right, who has an open call in New York, let's say that your best attempt to get an authentic cast is to hold an open call in New York, right? Open call, like, what a throwback also. <laughs> Just so you guys know what an open call is, it's when they basically post an audition and it's an open call. Anybody can attend the audition, um, even if you're non-union um, or a part of the union. Mm-hmm. Yes. But for the most part, if it's an open call for union people, then that means that obviously like only union people are, they're not even guaranteed, but union people are the priority to Mm. be seen in that call. And when you're looking at a union that has, I think, less than 2% Latino representation, like period, just Latino representation, that means that out of 100 people that come into the room, statistically... Pull out the receipts. If we're doing the math, if it's like straight math, that means that two people out of the people that you see will likely be Latino. So from your batch that you're already fishing in. Right. From your batch of like, that's the best. Well, that's the, let's really, really define that. It's much different if it's like an open call or if you have, um, I am enjoying these um, virtual submissions now because I do feel like there is a little bit of a, of a more open door to, to get into um, casting directors, like at least, you know, to perform in front of them or to perform for them. Um, but I also think that reach outs need to happen. I feel like if you are producing a West Side Story or an In the Heights, you need to go to community groups that are Latino based mm-hmm. or that are Spanish speaking. You need to be reaching out to like colleges in the area, like really like seek out people. You can't just be like, well, I'm doing an open call because it's what's required of me. Right. And then call it a day and say, well, I cast the best that showed up. No, you didn't because you actually didn't really do the work and you didn't do your part of searching and scouting for the authenticity of honoring exactly the actual work. I completely, completely hear what you're saying. Exactly. And that, I mean, it's the receipts, it's the numbers. Like there's only three of us in the room. Like, you know, 
honestly, one of us is probably only going to be the one that gets hired. You know, that's the other thing also. Then you're looking at these, you're looking at these productions. And I remember like somebody was like, oh, well, like there's an Afro Latina in it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, one is not enough. (laughs) When you're talking about a story of a culture that is a sister culture of mine, first off, let's be real. Come on. Okay. I know, mm-hmm. I know Josefita, I know Julian, and I know what they look like. Okay. So like, it's, that's the other thing that I think frustrates me. Um, cause that was very frustrating for me for in the Heights and we don't need to remove the praise. Like, yes, the movie was done. It was beautiful. It was this beautiful disney version of Washington Heights. Right. Now I'm from Washington Heights. I live here. And you live there. All you see is people that look like me and you. So my like the issues for me come in where you're telling you're not being true to the to the historical context of what you're speaking of. And when that's being framed differently, right. that's where I'm like, ooh, we're not doing the work. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think when it comes to like the praise of that movie, I my thing is, again, like specificity, like let's be really specific. I do think that there is some praise to be had of the movie, but this was a game-changing movie for light-skinned Latinos, Mm. right? This was not for people that are maybe your complexion or darker. Mm. This was not a a win for that community, right? It just wasn't because you weren't really included in that way. Yeah. And like, let's be honest about that. Like, this was great for people who are my skin or lighter. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi. I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I do want to talk about bilingual Broadway because I think it's extremely, extremely important for people to know what it is and what you're doing. So thank you. Bilingual Broadway. Tell me more. Yes. So bilingual Broadway, um, I've always had this dream. And the dream is that my parents can go enjoy a show on Broadway or a musical theater show, a musical even, and they can enjoy it Mm. in its entirety right like that is my dream and for me um and for them that means that the show has to then be in spanish um and so just over the pandemic i was feeling really like lost as we all were um and i was you know obviously like no theater gigs no no performance of any kind and um i was hanging out with my friend belen moyano um, who is now in the national tour of Hades Town? Please check her out. Um, but you know, we're, we're hanging out and we're like, what? Like, we're just feeling really lost. We should really be doing something. Um, and so we came up with this like idea of let's do something for the community. And we bounced around a lot of ideas. Like, are we going to be a casting office? Are we going to be like this other thing? And eventually, I I just took on this whole like bilingual Broadway thing, and I just really wanted to to create content that is fully in Spanish um, that can reach a community of Spanish-speaking people in the U.S. I think it's ridiculous that we are almost at 25% of the population in this country. I'm not even talking about like Latin America. I'm talking about in the U.S. Um, We're almost at 25% of the population. And yet like when it comes to live like theatrical events, there's like there's very little available for the community um just nationwide and there is virtually nothing there's nothing oh, available absolutely in the i mean <laughs> no and this is something that people don't really think about this but it's like right the amount of times my grandmother has come to a show and she's like that was so nice what happened like there's so many times where i'm like God, and even when we went to do Hamilton in Puerto Rico, you know, which was such a huge monumental moment yeah. and like, oh, just such a, a memorable moment. Um, but even then I was like, damn, I wish we were doing the show in Spanish. It felt like, right. I felt like I was, cause you know, when I, when I was going on the island, you know, I didn't, re- I didn't know this at the time, but I'm, I was the only female Latina in the show, in the cast, uh, and somebody Crazy. on the island brought it to my attention. I didn't even realize it. Like that's how much makes no sense. That's how much I was like, whoa, wait a second. And then they were like, yeah. so it's gonna be in Spanish, right? And I was like, uh no. Is no. it gonna be in Spanish? I'm like, no, wait a second. But it's like we're in this island of native tongue. And and in my mind I was like, it felt weird. 
I do have to admit, it did feel a little weird. Yeah. And I mean, I experienced the same thing because um, I took my parents to see On Your Feet on Broadway. Oh, yeah, that sh- that show. And Mama, I paid um, I paid the full price. OK, <laughs> like, you're like, no, this discount. Not no discount ticket. This was not a discount ticket. This was not a comp. I paid full price to take my parents to go see On Your Feet. And the amount of times my mom had to like come over to me and was like, I don't know what's happening. Or like she would realize something like maybe way too late. Like she was like, oh, esa, ella es Gloria. Okay, ya entendí. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> but we're like, we're creating. Like 25 minutes into the show. Oh, that's Gloria Stefan. Isn't that Got crazy? It. Isn't it crazy how we are creating these Latin these Latin experiences, not for Latin people. That's what I'm saying. And it's, and, the, and what, again, like what irks me is the, let's be specific when we say like, oh, this is a show for, for the community. Like, no, it's not. This is a show for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually like, this is not, um, this is not even something that I'm saying. This is something that even like Jerry Mitchell has said in like his interviews, like it is well documented. He talks about like working with big ideas. And that that means that his his POV, his point of view for the show was literally like a global point of view. Of it course. was not for, you know, it was not for Latino people or Spanish speaking people. Not that show specifically. That, not that show specifically, right. And so like I think that I think that, that is okay if you are if you're real about it like on your feet was was a latino flavored mama mia right yes it was and it was made for and let's that. call it that yeah and it was made for that and it did that purpose and that's what it's been doing that's who it's serving and that's what it was and like i worked in ticketing for a while as well and it's like you were either gonna see um beautiful if you were like really Anglo and you were like really into your character king or you were going to go see Gloria Stefan if you were like someone from say Brazil or like across the pond literally anywhere across the pond right then you were going to go see on your and feet, I think that that's right? also the portion that like it, and I feel like this is in our conditioning of us being actors in our training and so forth like we lack the knowledge of the business aspect of it and that is mm-hmm. just because you know we're you know we, we start off young and we're like kumbaya and like high school musical we're all in this together <laughs> and and then right. you go out in the real world and you're like oh wait esperate. we're not all in this together like at all that casting director sees me as this. They see me as this. Oh my God, I will get called in for shows like this, but I will never book shows like this. Um, and it's a big reality check. Like that shit hits right. really hard. I'm curious, what do you think needs to happen? Like, what is the shift? We're talking about all of the obvious things that we are seeing mm-hmm. and it's multiply. It's like, it's repeating itself, right? Like we're just seeing yeah. this kind of thing that's, so what what is it that you think in your opinion like needs to shift needs mm-hmm. to happen to tell stories for us to make sure that the the Latino community is included in these in these conversations in these makings and mm-hmm. these these beings of these projects I I think that we have to build audiences which mm-hmm. is what, what bilingual broadway is all about like you can't put out a product like a West Side and be like, well, Latinos are going to come. Like, I'm sorry, but the the audience, the built-in audience of 
musical theater or musical loving Spanish speakers is just not there. Hmm. And so for me, that can that can turn into like very specific plans. Like I would love to see a Telemundo live musical. Like NBC and Telemundo are the same company, baby. Why aren't why, they working together? Why didn't we do, why wasn't in the Heights instead of a movie? Why wasn't it a live musical on Telemundo? Hmm. You know, with Bad Bunny, the top, the top streamed. Oh, here's a fun fact. Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist on Spotify. Of all, yeah, on Spotify period. of all time, period. Period. Not, not the most streamed male, not the most streamed Latino, not the most streamed urban, period. Yep. Right? And so my thing, my equation that I'm trying to figure out is... How do we get that population, that audience that lives and breathes over like Bad Bunny, how do we get them to go to the theater? But like, that's the equation. Like, what are we missing? I honestly think we're missing like our brains at the table mm. because like, you're not going to tell me that a company like Telemundo or NBC doesn't have the money or resources to do something like this. Right. Like they absolutely do, but they just don't have like what whatever brain needs to be there or whatever, like strong, loud mouth, you know, um, Colombian queer Latino needs to be in the room. Like, yeah, I just feel like they need someone to be like, this is what you need to do, because I I think I I could almost bet money that if they would have done like literally any, you know, whether it's in the Heights or. I mean, it could even, it could have been West Side. It could have been South Pacific. It could be anything. But if they do something like that in Spanish on Telemundo live with, with the people that we adore with our superstars, it would be a game changer. Like put Olga Tañón in it. Put La India, Mark Anthony. La like, India. Oh Ricky my God. Martin. Yeah. Sofia Vergara. Like put these that people that like we are hyped for. Like people that I can say, if I were to say to my mom or my dad, like, you're gonna see a musical with Sofia Vergara, La India, Mark Anthony, they would be like, Oh yeah, I'm there. They would lose their mind. Right? And it's even something it would be over. And even like, I mean, you know, throw back to our kickoff for Morenita. We had Amara La Negra on here. And that oh, to me was iconic. like a huge, even like my family, my boyfriend's grandmother, he's Colombian. You know, like she was like, Ay, Amara La Negra. Ay, a mí me encanta la Amara La Negra. Ay, pon, pon Amara La Negra. Put it on, put it on. Put it. Like I was speaking in English that entire episode. Do you know what I'm saying? Like even the fact mm -hmm. that like, See? even if it's, a language disconnect, if you're bringing people on board that are in our community, that are in this community, that right. they are in love with and our family knows and this and that, it's the same thing if they do like, you know, a rendition of some boring ass white musical on Broadway. <laughs> you know? Exactly. They call Hugh Jackman no and they call Sutton Foster. Right? Exactly. I mean, that, that's what oh happens. God, the Music Man starring Bad Bunny. I think we're on to something. I think we are on to something. I think the Broadway world better watch out because, yo, that would be sick. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, in New York alone, I mean, the statistic is there. Like a quarter of households in New York speak Spanish exclusively. Right? So you're talking about 
again, like if we're talking about Broadway or even like even theater in general in New York, like shouldn't that mean that a quarter of the work should be available in Spanish? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And shouldn't that mean that the work that does happen in Spanish, shouldn't it be um, treated with the same dignity and respect that we treat works in English? Right. Because yeah. productions in Spanish do happen in New York, but they don't get nominated for um, Outer Critic Circle. They don't get nominated for, you know, um, award shows within the off-Broadway circuit. Like those things don't happen. Do you think it's going to come to a point right? where like we just have to create our own our own platforms of these things? Or do you think there's going to be a I moment so. that I we think... get invited to the table, you know? I don't know that we'll, we're ever going to be invited with open arms. <laughs> I don't know that that will happen. Um, but I do think that if enough of us, which is why it goes back to community and storytelling, I, I do think that if enough of us speak out and also like put our money where our mouth is, and um, if we keep supporting, you know, the, the bad bunnies of the world, I think that it will make economic sense which it already does but it's going to be like it's going to be so incredibly um apparent that nobody will be able to ignore it anymore and that's that's i think that's spot on it has to be yeah. so we have to be like so loud where it's like we're here we're not going anywhere yeah. <laughs> like these are all things that we're going to keep getting these like amazing numbers in whatever area, whether it's pop music or whether it's in theater or whether it's in uh, podcasts. I think that there's a huge turnover now with podcasting. There's a huge push to tell more um, Latin stories and podcasting. And I think that like this is also a, a piece of media that will get a huge um, turnout from Latino community. Um, and I think that like, the numbers will just speak for themselves. Yeah. We'll get to that point where it's just inevitable and like you cannot deny it. And that's why that's what we're doing here, right? At Morenita. That's what we're trying to do and like hey. ex express these incredible journeys and these stories from different different avenues and just all of us coming up in here and doing doing the damn work. Yes. And support each other. And supporting oh each other. That's the most important thing too, because it's like we have to it, listen, if the white people ain't going to support us, we, we got to support each other. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Luis, I want to ask you a question. Yes. I want to ask you something that's a very dear question to everyone here on Morenita. Can you share with us one thing that always reminds you of home, however it is that you define home? Ooh, one thing that always reminds me of home. I got to I don't know if this is a popular answer. But there is something about food that I have like an emotional reaction to certain kinds of like smells and food. I think of the way immigrants have like come to this country and the way like we have used food to stay in touch with our roots and where we come from. And like that is very specific to to that person and that person's experience, right? 
Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to be coming over for some arepas. I'm going to tell my boyfriend, too. Anytime. We got to come in. Andres got to come by. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Um, hey, Luis, how do we continue following your journey? Well, um, please follow me on Instagram and YouTube um, under Bilingual Broadway. Um, and, and please share the content. I mean, check it out first. We have over, at this point, I think we have 25 um, translations of um, songs from Broadway shows available on YouTube and Instagram. Um, we also have, I think, three episodes of the Bilingual Broadway show, one of which um, Darren was in. So please check that out. <laughs> um, and much, much more coming. Um, I'm just waiting for this freaking pandemic to be over so that we can really do some proper live shows. Um, cause that is the next step is to really take this to, to the community, to the streets. Like I want to do, I want to perform all those songs right here in Washington Heights, like in the street and bring it to the community. I love that. I, I cannot do. wait. Yeah. You count me in when you're ready. You know, I'm right here. I'm waiting for it. Yes. Thank you so much, Luis, for being on Morenita. I'm so happy that you came by. I love you. Please have I love me you anytime. Too. And I'm so happy that you're working on this podcast and with Sonoro. Um, you know, Sonoro is, is like family to me. Um, by the way, you can also check me out in The Princess of South Beach, which is a Sonoro production. Um, yeah, so check me out on there in the English version. I love. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Isn't he great? You can feel his passion and love for the stage. And I love that he's trying to bring Broadway and theater to us, to our people. If you want to help, start tweeting, TikToking, and telling Hollywood and Broadway that you want to hear your favorite music on screen and stage. It's time for a reggaeton musical, don't you think? Nos vemos. Morenita is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.